glad today to know that God is for you and not against you. Out of all the things, as bad as this pandemic is, the worst thing in the world that could ever happen in our life is for God to be against us. And isn't it so great that He is for us and we are blessed. It is a blessing that we do have God's favor. Man, y'all did great. That was good. Thank you all. And, and we'll come back and, and they're going to finish out the service with just a little bit more of that, that build and that course as we draw to the end. But thank you again for joining us this morning. Virtual church. Uh, you know, we're still alive. Uh, I saw one of our, uh, one of our, uh, parishioners here. At Voice of Praise Worship Center said, uh, we've got, uh, live church going on in the morning. Had to make sure we put on clean pajamas to, to be able to watch it. So, whether you're in your pajama pants or uh, maybe you're driving down the road, maybe you're, uh, sitting in front of your, uh, computer screen, TV screen, or watching on your phone, we're glad that you joined us this morning. It wouldn't be the same without you. So, uh, we do miss you. And I hope that you miss us. I hope that you miss the fellowship of your church. But at the same time, thank God. Thank God that even in in uh, times such as these, that our ties and the cords are not broken. We are still strong because we are still doing life together. I want to share with you on this Palm Sunday a, uh, a little bit of scripture and uh, some thought. But before we do that, I want us to go to the Lord in prayer. And as we go to the Lord in prayer, I just want us to pray uh, for the need, especially the past few Wednesday nights. Uh, Wednesday night, two weeks ago, we prayed especially for those that were uh, that are self-employed, uh, you know, owner business, owned businesses or uh, owner operator type businesses, uh, small businesses, just because it's tough times right now. Uh, those maybe that you're not self-employed, but you're unemployed. We know there's been uh, vast adjustments to what's going on in your life. So we just want to take time to pray for that this morning, those needs. I believe God's sustaining you. He's making a way. I've been in your shoes before. Um, I can remember uh, one time when uh, my late wife and I both lost our jobs. And we had been without work for about 90 days. And in that day, you had to wait before you could draw any unemployment or anything to assist. And our church was in revival. And as we drove back and forth to revival, uh, we started the week, we only had a quarter of a tank of gas in our car, which was typically uh, enough probably to get to church maybe a couple times and that be it. It's amazing, and and there's no way I can I can downplay it. But for one entire week, we got we went to church and we worship and we cast our faith on the Lord, and we did all of that for a whole week on one quarter of a tank of gas, which was an impossibility. Somebody said, "Well, maybe the gas gauge was stuck. That's possible. Uh, well, maybe this happened, or maybe that happened. Well, it's all th- there's all kinds of possibilities. But I have faith and I have confidence in God." That He made a way. He makes ways where there are no ways. He is, we sing a song around here that says He's the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. So we want to pray for all of you all that are, that are out of work right now. We also want to pray for those, uh, as we did this past Wednesday night, 
that are working the front lines, those that are in uh, in the medical field, whether they're x-ray techs, uh, they are nurses, they are EMT uh, people, whatever capacity, doctors, whatever capacity they're serving in the medical field, these are the people that have to walk, knowingly walk right into the presence of this COVID-19. And we're just believing that God is going to protect and keep you as well. And He's going to take care of you. And then we're going to pray for all of our other prayer needs. Those that can't get out, haven't been able to get out. Those, I had somebody text me, a dear friend text me last night. And uh, uh, he said, I'm going stark raving mad. And uh, being locked up in the house. And so we know right now is a stressful time. If you're dealing with anxiety, you're dealing with disability, we pray for you. And we just believe God's going to do great things. So join us together in prayer right now. Uh, Wherever you're at, uh, you know, I just want you to put your hand on your heart right now. Put your hand over your chest, over your heart. And take some time to pray for yourself in all this. Father, as we come to you, Lord, we just pray for all of those that are in need know that we are living in some difficult times. But Lord, I don't know that it's perilous times, but God, it certainly is uncomfortable. And this morning, I just pray and ask in the name of Jesus, the name that's above every other name, the name that you told us that we can ask the Father anything in your name, Jesus, and it shall come to pass. We pray in the name of Jesus that today that you will minister to the needs. The ones that are suffering unemployment, the businesses that have had to close down, God, the, the people that are struggling financially, God, minister, make a way, send people to them, open doorways of opportunity, create, Lord, uh, uh, the blessing, Lord, just like you did with the prophet as he sat beside the brook, God, you will make a way. And Lord, I pray for those that are working in health care, Lord, and those in the health departments, those in the dialysis centers, those uh, that are working, Lord, in dentistry, Lord, and those that are, are working, Lord, in the hospitals, in the emergency rooms, in the ICU wards, Lord, those that are taking the x-rays, whatever capacity it may be, God, I pray that you will watch out over those people and protect them, Lord. Not only protect them, but protect their families because, God, we know they want to go back home to their families. They want to spend time. Uh, Lord, this, this hour has drawn us together, Lord. I, I see and I sense a closeness of people with their families like they've not had in the, in, in past years. And Lord, I'm just praying that you will keep those people safe. And I'm praying, Lord, for, for those that are vulnerable, those that, that are out driving the trucks, those that are working in the stores, Lord, those that are, that are well up in their years, or those that have pre-existing health conditions. I pray, God, that you will protect them and watch out over them. And God, I just pray that today, Lord, that you will minister to every other need, Lord, no matter what it is. Maybe there's some suffering, Lord, from depression and anxiety, Lord, even before this came. But now things have escalated, Lord. I pray that you will minister to them. I pray, the Lord, that that those, Lord, that have once been addicted will not turn return to their addiction, Lord, for help, Lord. Because, Lord, that's not their help, Lord, in this troubled time. You are the help, Lord. And, God, you will bless them and you will keep them and you will make them strong. And Lord, we ask that you keep this country. You minister to our leaders, Lord, whether it's 
our federal leadership or the state leadership, God, even local leadership, give them wisdom, give them knowledge, Lord God. And God, I pray that, Lord, that you will just bless this country one more time. God bless the USA again and again and again, Lord. You truly have blessed us and keep us. By the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So, it's Palm Sunday. And as we are in the middle of Palm Sunday, I want to share with you a different message. And I I must admit, I don't mean to sound vain when I say this, but I must admit I would like to have preached this message right here in this room and this room be filled with people. But quite frankly, you know, we can see... I don't know, somewhere in this room, we can actually, if we reach our seating capacity, we can seat some 250 uh, people, I guess, maybe a little bit more than that. But but in all of that, um, I'm preaching to you. Now, I'm looking at an iPad with a pretty little lady that I call my wife sitting right behind it. She's, she's, our, she's our camera operator. But, but I'm preaching to you and I, I'm, I'm trusting that this word is going to reach out and it's going to touch lives that maybe ordinarily, if everything had have went uninterrupted, you may not ever heard this sermon. You may not have ever sat in the sanctuary. But this morning, I want to preach to you a short message with the thought that sometimes Jesus doesn't look like Jesus. Sometimes Jesus doesn't look like Jesus. You know, we all have a, a mental picture of what Jesus looks like, and uh, oftentimes it goes back to to uh, artists like Michelangelo and uh, and perhaps various ones. I can remember very vividly as a as a child, my grandmother had one of those uh, uh, pictures that that had the light below it, and you turned on the light and uh, I don't really know the proper name of it, but but it was like Jesus' eyes followed you while you were walking around through the house. You know, it had this 3D effect to it. I can remember that picture very much so. I can remember one time, I can remember the first minivan I ever had, and I used to love minivans. In fact, I, I still like them, but they're not as cool now as they used to be. But I had a Chevrolet Astro minivan, and on the the spare tire cover that was on the back of that van, I had a, a depiction of Jesus, that man with the long flowing hair, and he had on a white robe, and, and it was an upper torso picture. And I, then below it was uh, airbrushed the inscription that said, I will be back. And so we all have this picture of what we think Jesus looks like and what we believe He looks like. And and uh, if we saw Him, that's how we would recognize Him. I go to the book of John, and John chapter 20, I read the story of, uh, if you would, Easter Sunday. And I know next Sunday is Easter or Resurrection Sunday. And it was this lady that was there uh, immediately uh, after the resurrection, if you would. It was on that Sunday. And uh, she's went to the tomb and she doesn't find Jesus there. In fact, uh, she, she's curious. She wonders what's happened to him. And when you pick up reading in John chapter 20, verse 14, it says, At this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. You see, Jesus didn't look like 
she thought he was going to look. Perhaps he didn't look like the Jesus that she had seen uh, the day before, or a few days before, as his body had been bloodied and was hanging on the cross. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Why are you crying? Who, who are you looking for? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you had carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and she called out in the Aramaic, Rabboni. Which means teacher. As you study this out, you find that to Mary, she thought Jesus that she met outside of the tomb, she thought he was a gardener. He didn't look like she thought Jesus would look like. She didn't, she didn't remember, recognize him as being her savior that had hung on the cross a few days before and was bloodied. She didn't remember him as the, 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 the Jesus, or she did remember him as the Jesus that perhaps had sat in front of her. She had sat at his feet and she had taught him, or he had taught her. And, and, and she didn't, she didn't think about that. He now is appearing in a different way. I don't know exactly what he may have looked like, but it's obvious she thought he was the attendant of the gardener. So Jesus didn't look exactly like Jesus. To her in that moment. When I read Matthew, in Matthew chapter 14, we find um, that the disciples, and, and the disciples were in a, a great time of uncertainty, if you would. Even though Jesus had left them His Word, even though that they had confidence in their Lord, they're, they're now in a time of uncertainty. You, you have to think about it. There had never been a resurrection before. There, there never, never been anything like this that had happened. A man, a man that came and, and, and acknowledged himself to be Messiah was then later crucified and now the grave where he was buried in is empty. Man, they didn't know what was going on. They had felt like their leader had, had left them. He, and they felt like they were all alone. And we find that in Matthew chapter 14, that when, in verse 23, when Jesus had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain to pray, and when the evening came, he was alone there on that mountain. But in verse 24, we find that the boat was now in the middle of the sea and being tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. So what we find there is Jesus' disciples, they were, they were on the boat. They were in the boat. They were going across the sea, and as they're going across the sea, a storm arrives. Uh, and as that storm arrives, it's, it's getting violent. It's becoming very topsy-turvy, if you would. Somewhat like we have now. Uh, of course, not in the physical sense that we're out in the ocean or the sea, on the sea in the middle of a, of a boat. But yet we are on the sea of life and, 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 and we are in this boat of life, if you would. And I'm sure that through all of this, there's been some some times that have been totally topsy turvy, as I'm calling it, and, and and the waves are contrary to us, and and we're wondering what's going to happen. What's going to happen to my business? What's going to happen to my family? 
Am I going to lose my car? Am I going to lose my home? Am I going to catch this virus? Am I going to die? And it said then in verse 26, excuse me, let me go back to verse 25. It says, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. I want you to understand what the fourth watch is. The fourth watch is the darkest part of the night. In the darkest part of the night. Sometimes we, sometimes we, you know, we're anticipating and we want Jesus to come to us soon as it starts getting dusk. Soon as the sun is going down, we want Jesus to come rescue us. Here, it's the fourth part. It's the fourth part of the night. It's the dark part of the night. And Jesus went to them walking on the sea. He was walking on the water. I remember brother and sister Lantern, they were Church of God of Prophecy pastors. And they've been gone many, many years. And some of you watching may have been familiar with them. But brother and sister Lantern used to sing a song, Walk in the sea, walk in the sea. Jesus at night came unto them walking the sea. And in verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking the sea, they were troubled. That simply means they were scared out of their wits. They were frightened. They didn't know what to do. It's bad enough that you're worried <coughs> about perishing at sea, but now you see a figure coming towards you across the water. Verse 26 said that some of them said, It's a ghost. And they begin to cry out. They begin to cry out with fear. They begin, they were frightened. And as they cried out for fear, Jesus immediately spoke to them. <coughs> His words to them said, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. But understand this, in, in this second circumstance that I'm giving to you this morning, that Jesus didn't necessarily look like Jesus in this moment. They perceived him to be a ghost. They didn't recognize who he was. Jesus had to identify himself to them. Now you can say, well, they weren't very discerning. You know, we could be, we could read real, real Pentecostal here, you know, operating in the gifts of the Spirit. And they say, well, they just were very, wasn't very discerning, were they? Sure they were. Sure they were. This, this was, this was the, was the, the, the chosen, if you would. They were discerning. But understand this. Many times, whether it's muddled by the situation, whether it's the hour that it comes, but even when it comes, many times in circumstances, we do not even recognize Jesus when He shows up. Because He doesn't look exactly like we are expecting Him to look. Or the circumstance doesn't unfold exactly like we think it's going to unfold. Now, how does that play into Palm Sunday? Very, very simple, actually. In Mark chapter 11, when we read verses 8 through 10, we read the, the, the account of Jesus as He enters Jerusalem. He, he tells them to go and to get this colt of a donkey. And He said, go there and tell them that I have need of it. And He even tells them what to say because they're going to be questioned. All of that unfolds and... They bring the colt of the donkey back to Jesus. 
And, and you and I probably did a little coloring sheets when we were kids in Sunday school. Or maybe this is the first time you ever heard this story. But Jesus rides in on that donkey. And there's, there's, there's a, uh, a metaphor of humility about that. And he, walk, he rides into Jerusalem on that donkey. And, and before him, people are spreading palm leaves. That's while we acknowledge it as Palm Sunday. And they're, they're, they're crying out, Hosanna, blessed be the Lord. They were acknowledging Jesus, that the, the King is here. He didn't really look like a king. He was still the son of a carpenter. He was riding a donkey. Some people may have been skeptic of that, while other people were embracing it. But by Thursday of that same week, we can go to Mark chapter 14, and we find the plot to betray Jesus is put in place. And, and, in, and in Mark chapter 14, we, Jesus sits down and, and, and He has that last supper, and, and we find that He even washes the feet of the one that would betray Him. He, he breaks bread with the one that would betray Him. But then on Friday, on Friday... Monday's king that rode in on the donkey on Friday is being convicted as a blasphemer. And there were people that looked at Jesus while he was nailed to that cross, while he was, while he was being persecuted, while he was being beat, while he was, he was being, uh, brought to the brink of death, if you would, and then he would give up his life. They didn't take his life, he gave his life. And when it comes down to all of that, there, there are people that mocked him. There are people that scorned him. And, and they even put an inscription over his head to make mockery of him. If you are the king of the Jews, come on down. Get yourself down off that cross. Because, and, and to many people, he didn't look like Jesus. Because Jesus is Christ, Christos, the anointed one. He is the Messiah. So sometimes Jesus doesn't look like Jesus. He didn't look, he didn't really look like Jesus. Now he does to us because we know the story. But, but in that moment, he didn't look like Jesus. He didn't look like the Messiah as he hung on that cross. But yet he was. He didn't look like Jesus when he, when he looked like a gardener to that lady, Mary, outside of the garden tomb. He didn't look like Jesus when he was walking across in the thunder and the lightning and the waves that were breaking high way above his head and he comes walking across the water. He didn't look like Jesus in that moment. But yet he was. And he might not look like Jesus at this moment in your life. But yet he's still there. He's still working. He's still ministering. And he is still watching out over you. That blessing that the team sang about just a few moments ago. And they're going to go back into that song here in just a second. But the blessing, the blessing that comes from knowing that God is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? Even when it doesn't look like Jesus, never discount Him. Even when it doesn't look like Jesus... Never think that he's not there because he is working in your life in the most unlikely way and he is coming to you 
in ways that you're going to look back. You're going to look back and you're going to be astonished at how Jesus ministered to you through this season of time. Some of the most difficult seasons of my life I can look back on. And I've been in many tremendous crusades. I've been in tremendous church services. And uh, God has blessed me. You know, we're Pentecostals here at Voice of Praise. We're a Pentecostal holiness church. And we know the blessing. We, we, we love the blessing. We, we, we share in the blessing. But I look back through my life. And it's in the darkest moments of my life. That Jesus has been the most real to me. And he came to me in the most, most unlikely ways. Says they're going to go back into this song, and but I want to pray with you right now, and I want you to to stay with us just a few more minutes, just maybe five more minutes or so, and 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 then we want to uh, we want to release you with a blessing. But right now, I just want you to pray with me in your way, in your words, and I'll help you as best I can. That's what you say. Say, Father. I thank you for being my caretaker, for watching out over me. Jesus, there's sometimes, I must admit, I don't see you and I don't sense you. But I realize this morning that sometimes you just don't look like Jesus. Sometimes you come in many forms, many fashions and do ministry to to me and in my life. So today, Lord, I'm open to receive everything that you have for me. God, minister to me in whatever capacity that you see fit today and by the means that you see fit today. And Lord, I must admit that I need you to cover me with your blood. Lord, I admit that today, Lord, I need a Savior And I just ask you to cover me with your blood. Wash me and cleanse me, Lord. Through faith in the blood that you shed, that is the component. That is the only way that I can be spiritually clean is through your blood. So minister, Lord, to my spiritual needs as much as you minister to my physical needs today. And Lord Jesus, I receive you unto my own heart. I receive you. And Lord, I acknowledge you as King of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just worship with us as we go back into this song just for a few moments.